Good morning. This is AB, and this is the Talk About God podcast. So, Father, thank you. Thank you so much for this day. Thank you for waking me. Um, I actually woke up early, which is nice, um, and felt more awake than I have in days and more, um, you know, rested, which I so incredibly appreciate. Um, thank you for your word as always, but on top of that, thank you for my job. Thank you for my amazing family and friends that you've given me, um, the home that you provided, even the dogs that drive me insane, right? Thank you for them. Um, I did have a dream last night about a little gray kitty that I would love. Oh, I think the other one heard that I would like another cat. I really don't need another cat, so please don't, um, don't bless me with that, but you know, if it's your will. Um, I, I thank you for your grace, for sure. I know I have been, um, really, really using it the, uh, goodness, the past few days I've been fighting against you and what I know is, um, what I know is right. I always struggle when especially in the workplace when I feel like um I feel like there's an issue with like management right um or that someone hurts my feelings or you know whatever the case may be it wasn't really a hurt feeling situation it was a straight out completely blindsided and frankly insulted um um so anyway a remark came up and I ask that you forgive me because I didn't do very good at just talking to you about it and praying about it. Um, and I, I need to be better at that. I do. I desperately need to be better at that. Um, I, like many, I'm sure, struggle with having a situation come up and then not asking other people for advice because like what what are other people going to do really you know like they can't fix it only god can why why does that even make any sense um but anyway i thank you lord i thank you that you guided me through it i thank you that you gave me the courage to stand up and say something and have that um really hard <laughs> conversation um that in this world coming from a girl or coming from a woman I mean I hate to say it but sexism does exist and I don't think that it exists because of men necessarily ironically enough I think that sexism exists in my world because of my prejudice right because of my prejudging certain situation and certain men in situations. And I mean, I do acknowledge the fact that if I, as a female said something that seemed snippy and completely hateful and out of line and whatever, I would get labeled a B word that I don't enjoy, but a man can do the same thing in my world, and it, I don't necessarily know that this is the case all across the board, but in my world, a man can do the exact same thing, say the exact same thing in the exact same way, 
and other people will make an excuse and say that's just who he is right he's dry he's whatever that's just who he is and I just don't get why a man that can just be who he is and a woman needs to change and needs to be less abrasive oh that's a fun word you know how much I enjoyed being called abrasive while people were legitimately attacking me and I was just standing up for myself obviously years ago but still abrasive Mm, that's fun um but anyway it's neither here nor there I am very thankful for where I'm at I am so amazed and unbelievably thankful for a manager who no matter what his gender um took the time to hear me out and let me speak my piece and let me clear the air so that I could get up today and be excited about coming to work. Um, knowing that I have somebody on my team who has my back. Um, that is a unbelievably amazing blessing that, um, I haven't had honestly in a long time. And, um, I did not realize how much I missed it. So I thank you. 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 Um, it's just been so crazy lately and I miss my swing. Like I'm sitting here at the stool, just rocking back and forth because it's too flipping cold to go outside. Um, and I'm praying that it just, I just need it to get 65. Please give me 65 degrees so I can go camping and get out of this house. I need to see nature. I need to be in nature. I need to vacate um, this this neck of the woods. And um, yeah. So please, please, please. Um, Father, I do get confused by numbers. I do. Um, I know you've got all these ordinances. It's a really long book, so there's that. And we both know my attention span kind of wanes. So it's, it's, you know, human nature, right? But I thank you. I do thank you for the words. Um, Numbers 19, you have the ordinance of the red heifer. Uh, I mean, it is exactly what it says. It is the ordinance of the red heifer. Um, how to become clean again. Um, and again, after reading this, I I understand why the saying is cleanliness is next to godliness because no one could come within, you know, 500 (laughs) yards of you. I don't have the exact amount, but nobody could come anywhere near you without being clean. So that makes sense. Um, now, in Numbers 20, Miriam dies. Um, but it gets, it, this, this part of the story gets rocky. So there was no water where they were congregating, and they gathered together the congregation um, and the people contended with Moses and said, Can you, like, I want to go back and count how many times these people fought 
with Moses and Aaron because it's annoying. Um, if only we had perished when our brothers perished in the plague. Because remember, God sent a plague. Um, before the Lord, why would have you brought us? Oh my gosh, why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord to this wilderness to die here? We and our livestock. Why have you made us come from Egypt to bring us to this wretched place? It is not the place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Remember, it's their fault. Right now, at this point, it is their fault that they are not... Sorry, I've got to release the hounds. Um, but it's their fault that they are not in the land of milk and honey. It's their fault. They had to argue and contend and take the bad witnesses' advice over the good ones and not trust God. And then that's when God told them that they would not be participating in the whole land of plenty situation. That was not Moses and Aaron's fault at that point. That was that was on them. Now, Moses and Aaron um, also do not get to go to... They don't get to see because um, of the whole... Well, I take it back because of the incident that is about to happen. Sorry, jumping ahead of myself in the story. Um, so anyway, basically, and I'm not going to quote this because this is just from memory. Um, what happens is, is God tells them, hey, go to this rock. Moses, speak to this rock and water will come. And um, Moses goes to the rock. Moses gets real angry with the Israelites because they keep running their mouth. Their first statement is not their only statement. Um, and instead of doing what God said, God said, speak to the rock. Out of anger, he hits the rock with his staff twice and water flows. And that's disobedient. It's just straight out disobedient to what God said. He did something one out of anger, which is in no way, um, one second. Uh, no, it is in no way what God had instructed him to do at all. And I guess Aaron was involved in this in some way, to be honest. I got confused there too, because it didn't tell me straight out, like Aaron joined in, like Aaron told him to hit it. I, I don't know. Um, Aaron fueled him? I, I don't know. But um, for whatever reason, Aaron got lumped in this um, situation as well where now he and Moses don't get to go to um, the promised land. They can see it. He'll take them just close enough to see it. Um, but they don't get to go there. And I feel like there are a lot of us just chilling out, looking at the promised land and behaving too poorly to get to join it, right? We think we do. We think we're good. But in all fairness, probably not. Not if we really took a deep look. Me, myself, over the past few days, I like I had some repenting to do for sure, which is never fun make no mistake, but like the freedom you get when you do it is just amazing. Like I woke up feeling so light this morning. It was, oh, it was so good. Um, just acknowledging the wrong that you've done is so incredibly important. Come on girls. 
Come on. Let's go inside. You know, if we could get dogs listened better, it would be great. Um, but at the same time, I'm not overwhelmingly concerned about being out here. It actually feels kind of good. So thank you, Father. Um, a little chilly. A little chilly. Can't see my breath, though. But anyway, Father, I so miss this. I miss seeing just you. I miss feeling the wind on my cheeks. Um, Yeah, your beauty. It is so incredibly beautiful. Um, I do not miss trying to keep an eye on dogs and keep them out of trouble. But I'll take whatever I can get, right? I do thank you. Oh, I thank you. I thank you so much for everything you've done for me for just, oh, I'm unbelievably blessed. And if I think about it, of course I will cry like a big baby, but it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. The things that you have done for me and then to get to see the things that you, um, hear to see, talk to people and realize that we affect other people's lives in crazy ways without ever truly knowing it, right? And it's amazing. Oh my goodness. So you don't realize how cold it is until you come back in. Um, but anyway, so yeah, life, life is so entertaining and I thank you. So, um, Oh my goodness, get down, Poppy. The God says to Moses and Aaron, because you have not believed me to treat me as holy in the sight of the sons of Israel, you shall not bring the assembly into the land which I've given them. So that's, um, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. That is when he tells them they can't go to the promised land and then Aaron dies very shortly after so um random thought though so he does ask which I didn't understand at first Moses sent messengers to the king of Edom Edom and I was like why would you send letters to the king of Edom saying that you're coming and you're you want to pass through their land it doesn't make any sense um well Thank you for footnotes. The Edomites were descendants of Esau, Jacob's um, twin brother. So there you go. The, the Edomites are family. Which is exactly why he did not, um, you know, that's why he asked. And oddly enough, um, the king of Edom refused. Said, nah, you ain't coming through here. I don't know why. I don't know what he was afraid of, but um, he did refuse. Um, this is the other thought. And it comes it comes later. But so, God is the God of the Israelites, which are with Moses, who's writing this book that we're following. But Israel's twin brother... So Jacob's twin brother, Esau, I mean, I feel like he knows who God is, I would think. Um, 
because they were the same. They, you know, they were both born to their father and they, um, you know, were raised the same way. Um, so that's just like a strange thought, right? That we, right here, I'm looking at one, one small part of God's story, um, which I've never thought about before. The fact that for some reason, when I read this, I get it in my head that this is, this is it. This is the only story of God. And there's so many more. And I think that's what helps me, um, for something that comes up later on that I had a question to. Um, which you will quickly understand when I get to it. Um, so anyway, sorry, uh, Aaron, death of Aaron, Aaron, God's like, I'm, he's going to die, um, at the top of this mountain. Um, take him and Aaron, Aaron and his son, Eleazar up, take the garments off of Eli- off of Aaron and put them on Eleazar. So Eleazar, Eleazar becomes high priest in this moment and then Aaron dies Moses does what God says um and then Aaron Aaron dies um now moving on I'm sorry I'm in numbers chapter 21 so the Canaanites king of Arad heard Israel was coming So he went and fought against them and took some of them captive. So the captives um, made a vow and said, if you hand these people over to me, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And God goes, my pleasure. Um, So God hands the the other, the Arad people over. I'm sorry, the Canaanite people over. And then, you know what? It's like they just can't help themselves. I mean... In chapter 20, the people were contending. In chapter 21, the people spoke against God and Moses. Why have you brought us to Egypt to die, brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, there is, nor is there any water, and we loathe this miserable food. Now we're just mad about the food. It's not that we're hungry. We're, we're being fed, but we're not happy with what we're being given. Um, so they have shown ungratitude is that a word they're ungrateful anyway so they're ungrateful they are murmuring so they're talking amongst themselves right about a problem that they should have brought to god they have beef with god and instead of coming to him saying hey why are you doing this and talking it out with him they're running their mouth to, to everyone else are we not like hello are we not guilty of this I mean, obviously, probably not on the God level, um, always, but these are nice things to, um, kind of keep in mind, lessons to learn from the Israelites. So don't be ungrateful. So be thankful for what God gives you, even if it doesn't look like what you think it should. So they're not going hungry here. They're not starving. They're being fed. It just doesn't look the way they think it should, right? It's not the way they want it. They're not in control and it's not on their terms. So be thankful um, and grateful for what God gives you and what he does for you, even if it doesn't look like what you would expect it to look like, right? You know, this world has a funny way of telling us, you know, that, I I don't even know. 
that women are supposed to keep the house clean and men are, I don't know, supposed to go hunt. And so if you're in a situation where, you know, your husband's really good at keeping the house clean, we've already established my husband is phenomenal. Like if it was not for him, I would not have clean clothes. I would not have clean dishes. And my son is chipped in and he helps with the dishes. So yeah, now granted, I take care of all, all of the floors. So it is a team effort, but I'm not gonna lie, on the rankings of what's most important around this house, he takes care of those things. He does that, not me. Um, you know, and world tells you men are supposed to be the main breadwinners. Well, there are certain households where, guess what? The women do that and it's okay. But there are people, there are things in this world that will tell a man that he is less than because he is not the, you know, primary breadwinner or, you know, whatever. It's lies. Okay. Just be thankful for what God has given you. If God has gifted you, um, with the ability to, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, just be thankful for what you have and don't judge it based off of what the world says you should have or, you know, how you think it should look or any of that craziness. Just be thankful. Um, and don't complain and murmur and whatever. I think that this should apply to more than just, um, like this, obviously they were complaining against God and against Moses. Okay. Against both. Keep that in mind. It wasn't just complaining. They were complaining against God. They were complaining against Moses. Moses was another human. So be careful about talking smack. Let me put it that way. Be careful about talking smack about other people because our reputations in this world, believe it or not, unfortunately they matter. So be careful not to ruin someone else's reputation. Um, that's a big thing because obviously, especially in this world of the cancel culture, especially online, you, you say one bad thing about somebody online and it's there forever and people are losing their jobs over sheer stupidity. So there is power in your words and, you know, keep that in mind. Um, but anyway, sorry. So the Lord gets mad, right? I, I, I get it. And he sends my, this translation says fiery serpents, burning serpents. Um, the NIV I was reading just said serpents. Um, and many people, many Israelites died. So the people came to Moses and they were like, oh man, we sinned. We spoke against God and against you. Please pray he will remove the serpents from us. This to me looks um, a bit like Catholicism. I'm not going to lie. Um, because obviously if you've noticed, they have to keep going through Moses. Um, they can't come to God themselves. Poppy, you're not a cat. Get down. You are not a cat. Get down. You are not a cat. Get down. Sorry, she's confused. Um, anyway, so... Yeah, Catholicism. Fun. Um, anyway, makes sense. Jesus hadn't come yet, but I don't know. Maybe this is where they get it a little bit. So... This is the part that I don't understand. And Father, please help me. Because we're all against idols, right? And idol worship. Well, 
You tell Moses to make a fiery serpent of bronze and set it on a pole and everyone who is bitten will live when he looks at it. Here's my fun fact. Not really fact. Um, I need to take that back. This is the little tidbit that's in my brain. One, I noticed it says if you are bitten, you will live. It does not say you will not suffer and want to die. Okay? So anyone who is bitten will not immediately be healed. You will live. Thank you, Father, for that beauty because I think... There's, there's a bit of vindictiveness in me that ma- that makes me happy. But you had Moses make a bronze serpent. Now, I know the serpent was on Pharaoh's like headdress or something. Like it was a symbol of the Pharaoh. Was that it? Was it a reminder of what they came from? Like look upon what you came from. Remember that you were complaining, wanting to go back to this. You still feel that way? Was that it? Um, and I know that as long as they weren't, I guess it wasn't really an idol if they weren't worshiping it and um, submitting sacrifices to it, I guess. I guess it's no more an idol than the cross that I wear around my neck to remind me um, of what you did for me. I don't worship my cross. Um, but it does serve as a good reminder and a good visual image, something tactile for me to remember the sacrifice you made. So thank you. Um, anyway, so there's that. And of course they go to war. Always fun. Um, Israel sent another message to the king of Amorites, which I don't understand why now we're sending messages to these kings asking if we can pass through. Um, I don't know if they always did that and it's just now being written about or what. Kind of seems silly, like you would be giving away your advantage position, but I guess if you didn't really want to conquer those people, then... Anyway, so the king of King Shinon would not allow Israel to pass through its borders. Um, and so they, they took them down. The Ammonites um, attacked Israel and Israel fought back. Now, here is where we get into the part that confuses, well, confused me. I think that I might've worked it out um, with you in this, this time. So I thank you um, for that, Father. Balak sins for Balaam. Okay, so Balak is the king of the Moab people. Um, And he saw that, you know, Israel had straight up wiped out the Amorites. um, And was like, "Uh uh-uh, I need help. So Balaam is a famous prophet. Now, my footnotes say Balaam had some awareness and knowledge regarding the the true God, but abused the office of prophet. So he did this for his personal gain. Like he knew of God. He knew how powerful God was. Um, but his heart was divided. That's what that tells me that he was not wholeheartedly, truly devoted to God. He was also doing this because one, he knew that, you know, God was the best way. Um, and it also made him a lot of money. You'll see. So, here's what confused me. The first time I read through this, so Balak 
the king sends for Balaam, the prophet, and says, come curse these people. Come curse the Israelites. Um, I got confused because I was like, it, it says here, 22, um, verse 8 in Numbers. Balaam said to them, spend the night here, and I will bring back word to you as the Lord may speak to me. What? God speaking to somebody other than Moses and Aaron? Like, what? Um, yeah. Yeah. And this, I think, ties into just like you had the, um, what, the Edomites? Yeah. The Edomites knew God. They probably had prophets, right? Prophet, being a prophet was a good thing. Like, that was God. He's everywhere. I mean, I think I got him so boxed in in this one little place thinking he could only be with Moses, right? Because he's God and he said he was going to be with them. So he's only going to be with them. But the, 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 the Israelite people, only Jacob's, was it Jacob's? No, Joshua. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You can tell what kind of day it's going to be. Joseph and his coat of many colors brought his family to Egypt. 70 some odd people, right? I think it was like 70 something people. So just what's, what's following Moses. And you've got to remember the Israelite people were huge, huge. Um, so just Moses came from um, Joseph's family. Like he was just part of that tribe, so to speak of the Jewish people. And so naturally, you know, Esau, like he, you know, everybody split and all this kind of stuff. Like, and Moses went back. Like there are people everywhere. He, he promised, um, that Israel's family would be innumerable, like the stars, uncountable. So it makes sense to me that God's not just with Moses. I think that it's really hard to kind of grasp because I'm so used to just reading Moses' side of the story. I, uh, if only there were more. Maybe I should dig into that. Maybe I should find out, are there more books out there that tell somebody else's side? Um, which I think would be super fun and super interesting. Um, to read because God, God is God, right? Um, but anyway, so word came to Balaam and he said, God came, sorry, to Balaam and he said, who are these men with you? Like, I love that you ask questions, even though you, of course, you know, and of course you're like, oh, it's the king. He sent me to curse these people. And you say to him, do not go with them. You should not curse the people of Israel for they are blessed. And so he sends them back and they come back again. And, um, he's like, okay, hold on. Let me go find out what God, you know, the Lord wants to say. God comes back and says, if the men have come to call you, get up and go with them, but you shall do only what I tell you. Okay. Now this part gets a little confusing. The text kind of leaves so much interpretation. Um, so The next morning, Balaam gets up, saddled his donkey, and went with the leaders of Moab. Now, I need the footnotes because the ancient rabbis saw this action and 
as an indication that Balaam was eager to go with the messengers because it was not considered appropriate for a man of importance to saddle his own mount. Okay, so keep in mind, and I cut this part out, but they've come to him the first time and said, we're going we're gonna to make you rich. We're going to pay you like boatloads of money to come and curse these people. And he's like, no, God won't let me. And then they come back and they're like, seriously, we'll give you whatever you tell me, whatever you want, a very great honor. I'll do whatever you tell me. Please just come curse these people. And God says you can go. So I think at this point, he's probably got it in his head that he's going to get this awesome honor. He is going to get rich. He like God has given him permission. He has free reign. He can just roll on. Um, so he gets excited. He saddles his own donkey, which is just goes to show you how excited he is. Um, and God's anger was kindled against him because he was going. That's what it says. But again, you got to have the kind of the intentions of it to fully understand the situation. Um, but anyway, as he goes, he's riding his donkey. The angel of the Lord takes a stand in the way. The donkey sees this angel with a sword drawn and tries to get out of the way, takes him off the path. Balaam beats his donkey. And this is a really weird um, story, but it's true. So keep that in mind. Read the, like, listen to this through that um, idea of it's not just a story. Um, the donkey gets back on the road. He sees another, he sees the angel of the Lord again, um, crushes Balaam's foot against the wall. Um, he strikes the donkey again. The donkey then again sees the angel of the Lord and just straight up lays down. It's like, nah, I ain't doing this. Um, and he strikes the donkey a third time with his staff. Y'all, this is how good God is. This is God will use anything to get to you. The Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. And she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? Now, most lovely sidebar. I don't know if anybody else remembers way back um, in Genesis. I have this suspicion that animals could talk. Um, maybe not in the conventional sense of like word for word, whatever. But there was communication ability between Adam and Eve and the animals. That is my suspicion. That is my um, personally whatever biblical education that I have um, hypothesis as to how it was in the beginning. Um, because again, it doesn't say Eve was like confused that this serpent was talking to her. And I still maintain it could have been that she's not as jaded as me, that she wasn't like, what? Um, that's not right. Um, and that she was just really, you know, naive and trusting or, or just hear me out. Animals could talk. And so it wasn't unusual to have a serpent talking to her because, hello, she talked to animals. Um, and here, God opens the mouth of the donkey. And he doesn't have, I, I don't know. It doesn't say, and God said. It says, and she said to Balaam. So this is the donkey talking to him. This is not God talking through the donkey from what I read. If you take it literally word for word. Okay, which you can. Um... Everybody has their own way of reading it, interpreting it. And I'm the weirdo that likes to think that animals could talk. So when I see and she um, said to Balaam, 
I jump on the idea even more and I double down and I say, hey guys, I think animals could talk. So there's my two cents on that. You are very welcome. Um, but anyway, so she of course asks him like, why, why are you keeping me? And he's like, well, because you're making me look like a fool. And if I'd had a sword in my hand, I would have killed you. I would have already killed you dead. Well, then God opens his eyes and he now sees the, um, it says the angel in all capitals, which, um, some believe means that God himself, that it wasn't like just an angel. It was God himself standing in his way. But anyway, and it says that he opened his eyes so that he could also see the angel of the Lord, um, standing in his way. And of course he goes on to tell him, the angel goes on to tell him that had your donkey not saved your life, essentially, I would have already killed you. Like, you, let's see. He asks, of course, why, why did you strike your donkey three times? Um, Behold, I have come out to stand against you because your behavior was obstinate and contrary to me. Uh, The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she had not turned away from me, I would have certainly killed you. Now let her live. Um, Oh, and sorry, the donkey had a good point. Am I not your donkey in which you have ridden all your life until this day? Have I ever been accustomed to do so to you? Basically saying, have I ever made a mockery of you before? No. Stop hitting me, you jack wagon. Um, So, Balaam, of course, says to the angel of the Lord, I've sinned. I did not know that you were standing in the way against me. But now, if my going displeases you, I will turn back. And God's like, go, but you shall speak only what I tell you. Okay, you're not going on your own behalf. You are going on mine. Okay, so Blom went and like, it gets, I'm not gonna lie, I still struggle. Lord, um, Black, Black sacrificed oxen. So he's not the only one sacrificing. Um, I don't, it doesn't tell me that he sacrificed to anyone else so I could only assume that he sacrificed this to you but again I'm still I'm still this whole you know there are more people who know you that I'm struggling with and obviously Black, I don't think Black really does know you because if he did he wouldn't have tried to kill your chosen people he like he would have been a part of them instead of afraid of them and Oh, all that fun stuff. Um, but anyway, you then have, um, I'm going to stop here, but you have Balaam prophecy. Prophesy? Is it prophesy? Yeah. Um, for Balak. And um, it's a fun one. So, oh, I thank you, Father. Thank you for helping me work those things out. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of bothering me why you were letting somebody sacrifice and all this stuff. It didn't, didn't make a lot of sense. I do think Balaam was um, doing sacrifices to you. I don't know about Balak. Um, so I hope, uh, I pray that you guide me in that. Um, I thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. And um, just help me to be a blessing to someone else today. And just, of course, as each day goes by, I want to be better. I want to be better today than I was yesterday. 
Um, not that it, I don't want to be better than anyone else. I want to be better than I personally was yesterday. Please help me to be um, more like Jesus, to continue to grow um, in my faith and in your word and um, in your grace. God, I love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Y'all, y'all, y'all. Get in the word. Get in the word. Get in the word. <laughs> um, because of things like this. I've I've legitimately read that story, I, I don't know, four times now maybe, something like that. I've listened to it. I've read it. And it just finally started to click that maybe, maybe, maybe this particular, you know, 12 tribes of Israel aren't, aren't it. Maybe that's not all of them, right? Um, which is a crazy thought, I know. Um, I know that these are, the other people are not Jacob who turned into Israel's descendants. I get that the other ones are not all Israelites. Um, and I get that God blessed Jacob and said that his numbers would be, you know, innumerable and whatever. But I feel like there was also, and I'll have to go back because I need to double check, but I feel like there was also something about like the other people. Not that they would be, they wouldn't be higher than the Israelites, but that they would be blessed as well. Um, because if you remember Sarah and Abram, wasn't it Abraham? Yeah. Abraham was the one who got, who was told his people would be completely unnumbered. Sorry, not, not Jacob's. So Jacob is just one part of Abraham's puzzle. And he had, of course, um, Ishmael. So there's, there's Ishmael's family somewhere. I mean, they're, they're out there. Um, and of course, Ishmael was raised until he was, you know, I think 14, I think is what it was, 14 or 15, um, by Abraham to know God and his ways. So I would normally, they say that they, you know, he probably continued in the ways of his father. And, you know, I trust that God did, um, hold true to what he said, the promise that he made Abraham, that he would make his son, a, you know, a nation as well, a very strong nation and all of that. So, um, yeah, man, eye opening. So anyway, I thank you for sticking it out with me. I hope you learned something. It felt good to get back to something that felt a little bit more normal and less preachy. Um, and I just, I pray that you have a great day.